Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. We're back. Episode number two of season number two. My name is Kyle. I'm Rob. I'm Dustin. Hey, Dustin's back with us. He decided to come back. I did. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Thanks for having me. We didn't scare him off. He's the guest that's going to be a reoccurring, <laughs> reoccurring, reoccurring guest. Yeah, Hopefully forever. That's what my wife asked me. She's like, does that mean you're just going to be temporary when they say guest, or are you actually going to be on there for a while? He's the guest that, knows. that never left. Never you're the left. full-time guest. Full-time guest. <laughs> full-time I'll take guest. that. I'll take that. Nah, no, I'm excited to have you on here, Dustin. Like, going back and listening to that, like, to me, it, it, it made our conversation and, like, our talk so much easier. Yeah. Just having that third person. I mean, it's amazing how much difference it made it, you know. I'm glad you had me back. Yeah. The Trinity. So. Never mind. I'm not going to say that joke. I was going to say the Trinity. But oh, the, no, no. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> the Trinity is better. I mean, Kyle has officially been abolished. <laughs> and next week, we'll have a new member for Caffeinated Living. <laughs> great. All I'm saying is great things comes in, come in threes. So. Okay. I'll That's better. I'll okay. Okay. Word it okay. Like okay. That. Yes. I feel better now. Let me word it like that. <laughs> well, all right. So Super Bowl. Super watch Bowl. it. Yes. Yeah. No. I am out. <laughs> all right. Dustin's out. Yes. We we watched it. I, I watched watch it, but it. I didn't watch it. If that makes sense. Okay. Like I saw when people scored, but I didn't see anything in between. Let me ask y'all this: Super Bowl Monday. I heard on the radio this morning. Super Bowl Monday. People are saying it should be a holiday. Do you guys agree with that? But they say the Super Bowl should be a holiday. Yeah, but now the Super Bowl's Bowl on Monday. a Sunday and people are off, but they're saying Super Bowl Monday should be a holiday because oh, people are tired, you're up late, you've eaten a lot of unhealthy food and some people certain drinks. And some people are saying Super Bowl Monday should be a holiday. I don't know. I, I used to get so much bigger into the Super Bowl than I do now, but I don't see that. I don't see it should, the need for a holiday for it. I ain't going to say it. It's really just what people want as a day to be able to sleep in after. Yep. <laughs> Rob, Rob's rant, 30 seconds. Uh-oh. Candy butts, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it should be a holiday, no. But you're the man who celebrates every holiday, like National Corn Dog Day <laughs> and Cotton Candy yes, is my favorite. Yes, but that doesn't mean I don't want to go to work. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, yeah. I mean... If, now, if that were the case, you I would, can laugh on the I'm podcast. Sorry. You can laugh. National it's okay. Court, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Is that a real thing? Yes. Rob, well, okay. Rob would know. Okay. Oh yeah, man. There's National Corn. Do you have day. a There's calendar that has day. that? There is. Um, like I'll see him post on his Instagram. He'll be at like so. Sonic has corn dogs, and he'll be. At, I'm not saying I've ever seen you do this, but yeah, National Corn Dog Day. <laughs> He knows these holidays. I swear it's on his iCal. Uh, okay. <laughs> All of these days. What's today? I don't think the day is anything. Super Bowl Monday. No. <laughs> See, if that were the case, I could have either four to seven national holidays. Every game after the World Series, then I can say, oh, I can't go into work because I stayed up late watching the ball game. So that that's my case for that. But no, it's not a national we, holiday. We should so. do a bracket one day of the best and I don't, Dustin might not like this. <laughs> Dustin be like, I'm out. But the <laughs> best sporting events because I think the World Series is way down there. Way down there. Sporting That's event okay. wise. Yeah. It's probably it, down there with NASCAR now. Yeah. I it's, I would say it's below kinda, the Daytona five hundred. Yeah, they're starting to Or maybe the All Star. But here's why. A lot of people would put the World Series to watch it 
with like watching a chess match. It takes a certain type of IQ in, a, in order to enjoy the World Series. <laughs> but it's been a lot better than anybody, it has been. Anybody can watch a football game. Oh, come on. Anybody can watch Here a football go. game. Oh, That's, Rob you know, is saying he's the superior human because he likes baseball. I'm just saying it takes a lot more skill to play baseball than it does football. Mm, Drop a comment if you agree or disagree. I, I disagree with that, but we're not an argumentative podcast. This isn't ESPN First Take. This <laughs> this is caffeinated living. So let's get back on track. This is caffeinated living, all about Jesus. But if you were with us last week, we started a conversation on on basically an article that Rob had sent Dustin and I talking about some of the hardest topics in ministry. Um, was it youth ministry uh, mm-hmm. that we avoid yes. talking about, that youth ministries avoid talking about? The first one was what? It was how to read the Bible. How to read the Bible. Uh, so today we're on topic number two, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Rob. It's a tough one. It's a hard one. Yeah, uh, definitely. Today's conversation is going to be awkward. Probably. It can be. Well, I mean, it, it can be, but it's going to be a difficult conversation. I know, I know we're talking right before we started that you're saying maybe we should put like a disclaimer on there. Yeah. So you, know? you want me to say the disclaimer? Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I think it's Parents, I think it's if, you're, if you're with your kids, if you're listening to this in the car like you normally do, you still can, but just know today we're talking about sex and sexual identity. So we're going to keep it appropriate. I can promise you and assure you this with these guys, but we are, again, talking about sex. Um, so just know that. So that's our disclaimer of um, the topic today. And Rob can tell you more about how we get there and what we're going to talk about throughout the rest of this episode. Yeah, I mean, the idea that, I don't know, y'all tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I heard somebody once say that if you don't talk about sex in church, so to speak, mm-hmm. then you're going to leave it to the government or the school systems to tell your children what to believe about it. Oh, yeah. Whether it comes to sex, your sex, sexual identity, sexual orientation, all those crazy phrases that we use. Yeah. I won't say that's necessarily the church's responsibility for that. But I would say it is. Well, but if you come from a biblical perspective. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What, what do y'all think? Well, let me say this disclaimer, too. Okay, because I want to just put this out there. If you're someone who identifies or you have someone that you love in life who identifies as part of the LGBTQ plus community, I just want to encourage you not to dismiss us or dismiss this episode. At least give this a listen. Um, Give God an opportunity to speak to you. So we're not out to bash anyone. We're not out to throw anybody into the arena. We're out to speak what we believe as truth. Yep. And it, it comes all from grace. It comes yep. all from the cross. So don't dismiss us, but just give it a listen. And, and, and I would add to that. Don't dismiss it because you have to understand, we are three pastors, youth pastors, that I would think we're not going to say anything in this episode today that we probably wouldn't share with our own students. Right. Yep. That correct. we wouldn't share with our own church. So that's where we're coming from. We, we are coming from a biblical, God-centered approach to this. Yeah. Um, and, but again, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. Anytime you, you use the word sex, it just brings up 
that emotion of, oh, that's going to be, why we got to talk about that? You know, like, for example, have y'all ever talked about sex in your ministries? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you get different reactions with it? A lot of laughter. Yeah. Okay. A lot of laughter. Laughter is a big one. So why do well, we? Why do, why, or that why awkward it, silence. You're like, you say something, they're all like, you're yes. crickets. <laughs> so why do we get those two emotions? Why laughter, and then that awkward silence, like nothing in between. Well, I think it comes back to what you said earlier. It's been avoided in the church for so long, um, and this is where I say that it is our responsibility, especially as Christian parents, like. Where is your source? Where is your truth coming from? If the church is the pillar of truth, we shouldn't run from that. Like we're going to talk about in a little bit, at least I'm going to talk about how God is the one who authored sex. He's the one who created it. So running from that and the awkwardness of that, I get, I understand. Like sometimes I will hide from this topic if I know like I should be talking about it, but should we? And if this article is pointing back, this is one of the biggest things in ministry, youth ministry, we hide from is the conversation of not sex, but sexual identity. Um, let's dive into it. Let's, let's really hash out why it's hard, uh, why it shouldn't be hard. And uh, let's, let's go from there. Yeah, I would, I would take that one step further, too, and say it's not only the job of the church, but it's also the job of the parent, because as Rob was saying, if we don't teach our kids, the government's going to. And, I mean, who knows exactly what they're going to say and what they're going to teach. I mean, it's obviously not going to be the biblical approach to sex, sexual identity, and those kind of things. So, yeah, I think we should, the church should teach that. We should be coming alongside our parents to teach that, help them to teach that as well. And I think that's, and I say that because I think that's why it's so awkward because it probably doesn't get talked about at home yeah as much as it should oh yeah i mean we're all parents we're all dads yep obviously my daughter's a little bit older than than y'all's kids at this point right yep i now understand how that's a little awkward for parents yeah you know like She's already been into those two separate classes at school where they go in. You know, she comes home, we ask her about something, and she just starts giggling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's like, a... why, why are you giggling? <laughs> you know? It's a natural response. Yeah. So I, I kind of sympathize with parents now because, I mean, that was a little, it's different. Yeah. It's yeah. different. Well, our, our students but, are starting to figure out they are sexual beings because of conversations that they're already having. Like you guys have both said it, we're trying to find the line of how we teach our kids and how we teach other parents and how we teach our students. Because if, again, you guys said this, if we don't, the government is. But let's be real. The Internet already has. Oh, yeah. Right. Like TikTok is doing an awfully great job at teaching our students about what sex is. And they're getting destroyed by it. And as a parent, let me say this too, like as a parent, your goal, if we're talking about sexual identity, isn't to raise a heterosexual child. Like your job is to raise a holy child who loves Jesus. The goal is not to be gay. The goal is to love God. Like Mm -hmm. sex is not the end. Jesus ultimately is. And, and that's where we start this conversation. Um, In a day and time where 
sexuality is more talked about than ever, ever before. Um, I think history has had its moments with, with the Greeks, the Romans. I mean, other cultures maybe talk about it more than we do. But like at a time where sexuality is intensified, where if you don't believe this, if you don't think this way, if you don't have this viewpoint, jump off a bridge. Like we, we're wrong. And the church is either shunned for that when we do talk about it, or if we don't talk about it, we're, we're silent cowards. So I don't want to be a silent coward, but I also don't want to be a person who um, looks at somebody because of their viewpoint and just say, you are a terrible person because we're all terrible. We are all undeserving of grace. We're all undeserving of God's love. And yet he reached out to it and gave it to us anyways. So with that, the topic was, and this was, this was interesting the topic it, that had talked about that was one of those issues that's avoided in, in youth ministry was sexual identity. Hmm. I think this is really interesting because we all took that approach. We all read that and we all took a different angle with it. But I think we all come back to the idea that the idea of sex is designed by God. Hmm. It's designed for his glory. That, that's and if this sounds horrible I don't mean it for it to but that sounds really weird for me sometimes that God designed sex or that it's for his glory yeah hmm. you know like sex is for God's glory but at the end of the day what's what's our basis for believing that what how do we how do we support that biblically can you worship through sex we should be able to. And done in the right context. Done in the right context. Right, yeah. So, I could only find one verse mm-hmm. that really talked about, let, let's start with what the Bible says about sexual identity. I don't know, maybe y'all found other verses about it, but specifically talking about your sexual identity of who you are, who God designed and created you to be, there was only really one verse that I could find. And that, that was Genesis one twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what I've got. Yeah. I mean, in the image he created them male and female. Yeah. We we have moved past that here in the twenty first century. Yeah. That Dustin, you know, you call it cancel culture. Yeah. By believing that we are already saying, "Hey, we're 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 bigots, we're racists, we're, we hate people." That, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But from what I believe, right? From what God's word has told me, we're, we're male and female. Hmm. Where do we go with that when it comes to teaching this issue to our students who who are struggling with that? Yeah. But then teaching coming and walking alongside with our parents, our families, mm-hmm. and our church. I think you you go back to the, those verses, 27 and 28, like God created man and woman, but he created them so different and, and so complexly different, but he created them to become one. 
mm-hmm. and that is sex. And that is why he created them different so they could become one. And what did God do with that? He blessed it and told them, mm-hmm. be fruitful, multiply. Like he said, sex, basically sex was his idea. I think so many times as pastors, we do a disservice to our students about not talking about it. And, and especially parents who I know are wanting this conversation, who want us to say, hey, how how is talking to little Timmy about what he saw on the Internet the other day going? Like we, we run from that. We hide from that. But this is where the basis comes from. This is the basics of why this is important, because God said so. And that's on what page number two. I mean, if page number two is so important, if if Genesis one, if God said this in the beginning and in, in chapter one, like I think it is an important conversation we have immediately. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that, too. I mean, even if you look at you go to the book, I believe it's I'll be an axe could be wrong. You can correct me. But it, not only does he talk about it specifically in Genesis, but if you go look at the relationship between Christ and his church, mm. What does he refer to as as? Marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's solidified in Scripture, that mm. male and female. And then even in Acts, the passage where he talks about, you know, the church being the bride and he being the groom. I mean, the bride and the groom there. I mean, I think that, you know, solidifies that pretty well. Do you still have your Bible open real quick? No. <laughs> I don't, but I can get to it. Closed it. He closed what, it. What you need? I just want to flashback real quick. Okay. Last week we talked about how to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the idea, can we find Christ in each book of the Bible? What's verse, what, what do you get when you read verse 26? Chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. After let us our Mm-hmm. Make man in our image. Yeah. Reference to the Trinity. So is that see, reference to Christ? Back to the Trinity. See, you are, you <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a reference to Christ. It, it is. It's yeah. the relationship between the God, the Father, and the Spirit. Yeah. So and the Son and the Spirit. Yeah. So sorry, I, I had I was just reading that earlier, and I was like, oh, we talked about that last yeah. week about Where's finding Jesus Christ in Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that's good. He's probably there a little bit more, a few other places too, but that that one's specifically. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you got any other thoughts on that one real quick too, Dustin? Uh, the only thing I was I was reading in the Gospel Coalition, just some stuff they had, and I think before we can actually maybe have a conversation about how the Bible addresses sex, sex sexual identity, those things, um, the guy who wrote this article was talking about how we need to kind of break out of this secular paradigm of opposite and same-sex desires and instead, he talks about using biblical categories of good sexual desires versus um, sinful sexual desires. So he went on to say that good sexual desires and romantic desires are those that are within the context of biblical marriage. And then he went on to say the sinful and the sexual romantic desires are those that are in whose end is outside the context of biblical marriage. And I think that's kind of where I would... Personally, being a youth pastor, that's kind of where I would want to start. It's just kind of breaking that paradigm shift of that, talking about that opposite and same-sex desires. Instead, let's focus on exactly what the Bible says between good sexual relationship versus a bad sexual relationship. Well, let me let me ask you guys this. Like, culture, 
obviously is the thing that changed. Scripture yep. did not change. Did not. Yeah, the identity of who God is did not change. Nothing about God has changed. Culture yep. is what changed. But culture would say, well, why do you keep going back to the Bible to answer these hard questions like sexual identity? So why do we keep feeling the necessity to do that? Like, can't you just come up with it in your own head because you feel great about this person and you don't want to make them feel like they're anything less than anyone else? I, I mean, why do we keep going back to Scripture to answer that? I think that's a good basis for all of these things we're going to talk about. Because if we can't point to Scripture, mm. we're just going off of our own opinions. And that's a dangerous place to be. Very mm-hmm. dangerous place to be. I guess the one side I would look at say, why do you not go back to Scripture? What What is it that, why are you so dead set against Scripture and what the Bible says? Hmm. I mean, that, that that's... That's a whole nother, I think that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. That, that's, that's a worldview issue yeah. Yeah. at that point. Yeah. I think too, um, and I'm pretty sure, well, Jeremiah 17, 9 pretty much says it very well, that a, you know, a falling heart can't be trusted. Hmm. And so that's why we continuously go back to Scripture. That's right. Because what's our opinion, what our heart says, is, is broken. Because there again, sinful nature. Um, Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Um, so heart can't be trusted. Where do, we, where do we turn to if our heart can't be trusted? Turn to Scripture. Because um, you know, Isaiah 26, 4 says basically that um, the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Hmm. And like you said, God hasn't changed. Culture has. Scripture hasn't. So that's why we base our foundation on that. Exactly. And Paul addresses that, and this is this is where I was going. I was setting you guys up for a verse that I had. But Romans chapter 1, again, Genesis 1, it's important. Yeah. Paul addresses it right in the beginning in Romans. Um, he talks about Romans chapter 121, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanging the glory of their immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creepy things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions from one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not uh, fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a disbased mind to do what not ought to be done mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. So throughout time, we've seen in history where people tried that are very smart, academic university people have made it in themselves to say, you know, God is actually this. Mm-hmm. Scripture says this. And sometimes we get in our heads so much to say who God is that we limit him. Like God, if our knowledge of God is to a certain point, we're dampening who God is to our knowledge, hmm. but he's outside wow. of that. Yeah. 
He's outside of all of the things that we could think or comprehend. At least that's the guy that I want. I don't want to be able to comprehend all of who God is. But the people that Paul is talking about here, that's exactly what they did. They fell into their own foolishness. They fell into their own darkness. And because of it, they gave themselves up to sexual desires. Mm -hmm. They worshiped the creature more than the creator. Like Mm -hmm. whenever we start to worship a man or a woman or multiple men or multiple women, like we're forgetting that God is the one who gave you that desire. God is, sex is great. God is the one who created it. We talked about that. But what these people did is they traded truth for a lie. They believed that they could make God fit what they wanted and what their desires were. And I think that's ultimately why we come back to Scripture. Because Mm -hmm. when we try to make God in who we want to, it's not good enough. It never will be good enough. And we come up with some wacko ideas. And some wacko people have made wacko ideas all throughout history. Hitler, I'm not comparing sexuality and Hitler at all, but Hitler took his view of who God was and made it into an awful and horrible thing. People Mm -hmm. will take their view of God and twist it constantly. So that's why we go back to Scripture. That's why it's important, because we can't lessen him. We can't say, well, this is what actually I think. Because when, when Dustin comes up with what Dustin comes up with, it's not perfect. It's not holy. When Kyle does, when Rob does, it's not good enough. So that's where I wanted to go with that because it addresses sexuality, but it also addresses when we make our gods our gods, those gods will never satisfy. Yeah. Ever. Wow. So that's, that, that leads me into my second question. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've discussed how, how, to, how do we define sexual identity biblically mm-hmm. I, I think we're all in agreement Genesis 127 God created them male and female right yep. I think that's so how does culture define sexual identity what do you think oh, obviously boy. a little bit, obviously yeah. a little bit different I, yeah. than, than, a, than a Christian's perspective yeah I, I think in I, I had to do a lot of reading on this just to right. make sure I was in the right spot. I, and according to our uh, postmodern society, um, that's obviously where we are. Um, basically, sex is sexual identity. Sex is no longer objective, but it's rather arbitrary. It's fluid. It's fluid. That's what I've I've realized when I've read all these articles. I realized that you know, sex. Is solely based on how a person feels rather than what biology says. Wow. Or rather than what scripture tells us. For example, you know, our, our current culture asserts that basically you can assign a gender at birth. So if your baby's born, it doesn't matter what biology says. If you want it to be female, it can be female. And unfortunately, that's kind of where our culture is. And so what we've done is, and I've done a lot of reading on this, is, and what we've done is we've redefined gender using psychological reality rather than and then basically what we've done with that is we've stripped the biological reality out of it mm. so we're saying what's ever in our head and we feel that way then that's then that's what we are that's what we're going to be and so our culture basically values changing what is objective to fit and accommodate how a person feels about themselves you talk about biology i think biology is important 
like a lot of people don't like talking about biology and yeah. even some conservative Christians would be like, yeah. no, like biology, that's science and yeah. science has nothing to do with our sexuality and who we are. And then some people on the liberal side of it would say, well, no, biology is not right either because I'm born this way. But biology has a big deal with it. Like it determines whether you're tall or you're short. Biology talks about whether you're you're thin or yeah. you're thick. I mean, with two C's, it has to do with your level of intelligence, whether you've got acne or not. Your biology plays a factor in who mm-hmm. you are. I mean, it does. It determines a lot about you, but it doesn't determine everything about you, I think is key. Yeah. Because then if you're all biology, then you're no God. So, and God had a pretty big thing to do with it. So, all right. Yes, Dustin, you answered my question <laughs> in a lot more intelligent way. I had my own little definition well, of what I said it was, but no. I wouldn't say it's an intelligent way. But. No, I mean, because that's true. That that goes exactly with my definition of what I came up with. My definition was an individual's personal sense of having a particular gender. Mm. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's it in a nutshell. It has nothing to do with biology. If I feel like I want to be a woman, again, outside of biology, that's not going to happen. But I feel that. I feel yeah. very strongly about that. How do you? How do we combat combat that? Yeah. How, how do we say, look, that that is a deceitful lie from Satan? Yeah. That, that's not what scripture says. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's a challenge. Yeah. Because we, we live in such a time cancel culture that if I call Kyle out for his sin, oh, he's, he's going to hate me. Yeah. He's going to hate me. He's, he's, not going, he's not going to have anything to do with me, but because I love him and I want him to know the truth. Hmm. That's going to hurt a little bit hmm. on both parties. Yeah. Like, I don't think we should ever force the truth so that we're right. Mm. I strongly disagree with that. Right. Yeah. But I want to share the truth because of what's been revealed me revealed to me through God's word, and because I want to imitate Christ in my life yeah. and that line gets blurred a lot yeah. especially in this issue yeah. mm. if we had a student who came to our ministries who said I, I recognize I'm this way if we, had, if we had a guy that came in and said I want I want to be a female Personally, I don't know how I would handle that. I've never been faced with that. You know? I I would love to sit down and say, why do you feel that way? What has led you to believe that? Hmm. Well, because the world tells me I can be that way if I want to. Yeah. 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 I think um, if a student came to me and asked me that, I, I, I wouldn't know what to really do with that either. I think speculating um, to really understand, help him understand where our current culture is with concerning sex and sexual identity, I really think you have to go back um, to the beginning of time to see how things really got 
um, distorted. And we've already read Genesis and we looked at it. But if you remember specifically in Genesis 3, 1 through 7, when the serpent came to Eve, what did he say to her? Does anybody remember what he, what, I mean, what does he say to her? Did God actually say? say? So what does that tell us? In essence, basically what the serpent was saying is, is God telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Did God really say, if you ate this fruit, then basically you would die? Did God really say that? So I think the serpent, if you really want to look at this, was essentially drawing Eve away from seeing God rightly. Mm. So what he did was he drove a wedge of deceit and doubt that literally framed God as a liar and Satan as a truth teller. Mm. I mean, think about it. That's what he did. He drove that wedge of deceit. And you think about it like when when Satan approaches Eve about that, he doesn't even ask. He he starts it with a lie, basically saying, did God really say not to eat? that fruit well god never said don't eat that fruit he said don't eat of that tree yeah so immediately yep. he's coming with her oh yeah with lies yeah i mean that and that wedge of deceit and doubt i mean look what happened eve ate the fruit then what did she do she went and gave it to adam and their sin and darkness fell upon the earth and immediately yeah and it was at that moment that mm-hmm. all of creation felt those effects of sin and obviously in 2021 we're still seeing the effects of those sin and scripture is clear Romans five twelve, Romans three twenty three. That you know we're all born, we're all born with a sin nature. So that's I mean speculating. If a student came to me, I think that's where, you know, I would start because, I think in a sense what happened in the garden kind of explains to me anyways why Satan makes more sense than God does sometimes. Hmm. Um, because with Satan's words came this view that God is not ultimately good. So your students automatically gonna think, well, if God is good, then why this? Yeah. So I think starting there and, you know, and also if, if God is not good, we don't understand that, we don't see that, then sin can't be viewed as the ultimate evil, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there too, um, you know, we've, what we've done is in that essence, we've kind of removed the metric in which is, of which good and evil is measured, and that's God and his standards. So thus, if people hear, thou shalt not in the Ten Commandments, they kind of cringe a little bit because it kind of goes against their moral standard that says, well, it kind of feels good to me, it brings me happiness, or it brings me joy. Um, and all the while, basically what they're doing is denying the fact that God and not them kind of set the standard of what is right and wrong. And I think uh, if you get a chance, check out uh, Jackie Hill Perry's book, Gay Girl, good God. I've, I've read that book and I've looked at it and she said this, and I think she said it really best. She said, we as humans see sin as a good thing and thus God's commands as a stumbling block to personal joy. Hmm. So I think that's kind of where we need to start. And I, and I say all this in truth and love. I don't, I don't say this to condemn anybody or those kind of things. I just want people to realize that um, and our students to realize that the origin of sin, that the, the origin of sin before we can, we got to understand that before we can actually talk about sin itself. Because um, I think, I know I do this, and you can agree with me or not, but we compartmentalize our sin. You guys, mm-hmm. yeah. so we'll say, let's say, well, I, I told a lie, so I'm going to put it here. Or we've, we, I we stole something. Today. Yeah, I haven't killed anybody, I've so we'll put it here. Okay. We compartmentalize out there. Our sexual identity, we, we compartmentalize it, all these different sins. But here's the thing. Sin is something that doesn't just kind of pick one room in your body, so to say, and it dwells there. It it literally consumes 
every aspect with, of you, and it goes everywhere you are. Yeah. Um, and so, like, those kind of sins, they not only affects the mind, but it also affects the heart. And both of those things are kind of our connection to God. And so when those things get distorted, distorted, our view of God is distorted. And I think helping students realize the origin of sin and where that starts is, I think, is where we need to start as youth pastors to kind of help them understand why they feel this way, why this is so prevalent in their lives today. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of speculating on where I would start. That's good. And I think we talked about biology plays a part in it, but I also think like your beliefs play in a part of it. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about sex? Mm -hmm. All of those play a part in it. It's like those things you believe about those things is what you're ultimately going to arrive at, what your belief on sexual sin, on Mm -hmm. sexual immorality, sexual desires all become. So your beliefs shape it. Your biology plays a, a little part of it, but so does your background. Yep. And so many times we run from this in students' lives, but, and I wouldn't phrase it in this question, but what happened to you? Like, right. at a mm-hmm. certain point, sometimes we can look back and say, what in your life made you go down this path? What, mm-hmm. a, what in your life has, has said, hey, I need to turn to this because this is where I feel more affection. This is where I feel like I have a greater purpose. I had a student who was really searching because let's be real, puberty is tough oh, yeah. on, on young people. Like it is tough. And I had a student who really was struggling with her sexual identity. And as soon as she put on her Instagram bio, like she changed her pronoun and put transitioning she started to be accepted by a whole different group of friends. She had new friends. She had more people tell her she loved her and that she was great and that all this stuff was amazing because she was saying that. And that felt good to her. Mm-hmm. So she ran to that. And she all still the same while not really fully understanding mm-hmm. it, but because it felt good, because she felt like she had more people in her corner, yeah. she ran to that. Mm-hmm. So her background at that point, it mattered. It, it's it's what pushed her to a certain thing because we all experience life differently. Like, Rob, you experienced school differently than I did. You experienced sports different than I did. You had different relationships with, with girls than I did. Like, we all experience life differently, and sometimes our background comes into play. Hmm. Not all the time. Not all the time, but you saying that goes back to what you talked about earlier. TikTok, mm-hmm. social media. If if I'm struggling with how I feel about my self, yeah. my my image, my sexual identity, my my identity in general, I'm just gonna go to social media and find that till I'm accepted for right. what I want to be. And you'll never find it if you're no, listening you'll to never this. Find it. If you're listening to this and you are running to things like that so you can be more sexual, like you will never find what you're looking for ever. And think about how much of our culture sells sex. You think of Hardee's ads and Burger King Mm. ads. They're all sexualized now. And think about when people don't feel good about themselves, the number one reason they don't feel sexy enough. When people get older, they start, let's be real. You're 99. You're no longer sexy. Like when, as soon as you start feeling sexy, you start questioning yourself, be like, I'm not good enough. 
like I'm not pretty enough. I, I, I'm not sexual enough. Like I don't have enough of this, but that's not God's view of you. Mm. Like God doesn't look at you and say, you're not right. enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're, you're not my creation. God doesn't look at you and say any of those things. He says the opposite. He says, you are beautiful. You are my creation. And Christians, listen to this. God loves you so much that he is now dwelling in you. You are his temple, which he resides. Mm. You think God is going to trust someone who isn't all of those things with himself. Mm. And that goes exactly with the thing that I showed you guys right before we recorded this. We're looking for acceptance so much just the article I was reading from Psychology Today, mm-hmm. that has of 2020, there are now 46 terms mm-hmm. that describe one's sexual identity and orientation. Mm-hmm. 46. Because you don't fit, so to speak, air, air quotes, you don't fit with one of these. Well, let's go up, let's, let's, ha- let's come up with this one. Mm-hmm. Or let's come up with this one. 46 different sexual identities for you to fit to. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way from Genesis 127. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We've come a long way. And who identified those things? Ultimately, Satan. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. But we did. We put names to it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, you know. And we run with stuff like that. Yeah. And and the internet monopolizes and stuff like that. Like we, yeah. if if we're not those things, if we're not finding ourselves in one of those things, are you really good enough? And that is ultimately Satan. Yeah. Mm. It, it's sad. Because so, our teenagers yeah. run to those. Because, I mean, it ultimately goes back to what we just talked about. I mean, Satan in the garden said, did God actually say? Well, I mean, according to God's word, you're made in his image. Um, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, Scripture says. So then now culture says, well, if you're not this way, this way, or this way, or you don't fit into those 42 terms, do you really matter? Are you really that important? If you can't find your identity in those things, and there again it goes right back to the beginning. Satan being made out to be the truth teller and God being made out as a liar. Hmm. Um, but I'm here to tell you God is, um, what he said in his word is true. Um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't have to fit into those categories. I mean, God made men and male and female, and that's His standard. That's His. That's what He's created, and and He's created that so you can feel as though you are basically what God has made you to be. That's good. Just had the thought that what person goes to a Christian school to say, hey, God's called me to ministry. I think it's going to be the time of my life not having a clue of some of the things, some of the issues that you're going to face in ministry. Yeah. Mm. Let's be real, though. Like, that changed in the last 10 years. Easily. Like, when I was going into school, this wasn't even really a conversation. This is all, all, this whole conversation, guys, is in the last 50 to 60 years, like people, there were, there were homosexual people in history, but like the conversation of it is, is new. It's fresh. 
And if you're not going into the ministry now, if you're not getting an, an education towards it and not thinking about these things, like we got to wake up. Yeah. We mm-hmm. got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we can't. Not only is Christian culture being attacked in today's time, but our core belief yeah. is being questioned. Yeah. It's 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 being, well, did God really say all that? Did God really mean all that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I would say it scares me, but I know how the story ends. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't promised. Mm-mm. We weren't promised safety. We weren't promised that we wouldn't face any of this. So. Hmm. But on one level, it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I I would I would have never thought twenty years of ministry. I would have never thought that this would be something I would think about or something that I would think would hinder students. Yeah. But you you go back to middle school or puberty. A lot of middle schoolers begin to question a lot about who they are, what they believe, what they what they want to do with life. How do we come alongside them to say, we are here for you? Yeah. Man, we, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. Like, just trying to be so invested in their life, it, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It does. Well, we've got to, it, it starts with a conversation. Yeah. Because in churches today, people either talk about sex is this terrible thing or sex is not this. Like, yeah. the conversation shouldn't be sex is terrible or sex is you got to do these steps before you get married. Sex is created by God. It's given by God. But you talked about middle school. And if we're talking about sexuality, like middle school for me and my sexuality was a a wild of a time. It was a time where if we're talking about what we talk about with students about sexual immorality, like middle school is the first time I ever saw porn. I, I, I can remember sitting in my friend's basement and we were just going online, playing games, and then all of a sudden, hey, dude, check this out. And I still remember those images. But Paul talks about in First Corinthians, like if we're talking about how we come alongside of our high school and middle mm-hmm. school guys, Paul talks about in First Corinthians 6, um, verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but there's sexual their sexually immoral, immoral, immoral person sins against his own body. So if there's ever going to be something you struggle with, it's sexual desires. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul talks about it not just being like we know that all sins are on level playing field. But if there's one sin that you're going to struggle with more than anything because it inf- affects the entire body, it's sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And Paul tells us to flee, yeah. to run. So if we encourage anything to or challenge anything to our middle school boys, it's run from that. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, and the word sexual immorality literally translates to the word it two times, two different ways, pornos and pornea. Mm-hmm. And here's what that means, all things of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're listening to this or you've got a student who's listening to this and they struggle with pornography— like it starts there of saying, run from that because mm. it's all bad. 
Yeah. And we've identified in our culture, we're calling it porn. We're calling it sexual immorality. But we've got to teach our kids and and, and youth and, and us in the ministry. You and I talked about people in the ministry, statistics in the ministry, how many people struggle with this. Run from it. Because I'm going to tell you guys honestly and openly, like my struggles with pornography went well beyond middle school, mm-hmm. went into high school, even went into college. And I'm going to tell you guys, the hardest conversation I ever had with my wife was on this issue mm-hmm. because I knew it was an issue and I knew it was going to ref- reflect the marriage that I one day would have with her. Mm-hmm. She was upset. She was hurt, but she didn't run. She came alongside of me and by the God's grace and by miracle, mm-hmm. I've put that Lord willing to the side and pushed it aside. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about sexuality, like we got to talk about sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just come in the forms of um, homosexuality and all these other isms. Like it comes from our own hearts. And Paul tells us, flee from all of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. So that's where it starts, especially coming alongside young men. Mm. Like run and run hard and don't look back. I think Paul even talks about himself struggling with those mm-hmm. things. Mm. So anything aside from uh, what is defined as marriage between a husband and wife and that sexual relationship, mm. like anything outside of that where a husband and wife come alongside and said, I choose you and you choose me, and we come together the way that God designed mm. it, is is wrong it's pornea it's all immoral mm. so that kind of made me cry mm. up in here because like that, oh I, I put myself in those middle school boys shoes right now mm. like i can't ever put myself in the shoes of having a tendency to lean towards men like i can't do that but i can put myself in their shoes and seeing porn mm-hmm. like i can put myself in their shoes and seeing a struggle yeah. for their heart and their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's tough, man, but it's, we're, yeah. we're, we're raising this, gen- we're not raising them. We're, we're building up this generation who we want to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if they're being under attacked from, we keep saying TikTok, but I, I really do think it's, I say social media, social media in general. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do we teach them to run? Mm. How do we teach them to guard themselves? Because I'm fired up right now. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to do a better job at this and keeping other men and other brothers accountable. Mm. I think your story, it just it reminded me, this might be, well, this ain't off subject, but it's amazing how um, basically Jesus, your entire story basically just, tells me and it solidifies what scripture says is that Jesus loves broken people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um cuz just I mean what he did in your life. I mean he literally brought restoration to you. And I think helping our students see that where they are where they at right now in life is that that's not all there is. Mm-hmm. Um God has more for them. And Jesus wants to bring restoration to their lives. I mean I've been walking through a series of my students called Knowing Jesus and we just talked about how Jesus is uh, compared him to kind of like a master craftsman. I mean, he he not only made us and formed us in our mother's womb, but he also basically is able to restore us. 
And that's kind of what a master craftsman does. He, he makes things and he's able to restore things. And that's what Jesus does. And that's good. And that's exactly what he did in your life. And I think helping our students know that is, is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Jesus never got married. I'm not saying don't get married, <laughs> but obviously Jesus <laughs> never had sex is what I'm trying to say. And depending on what you believe about heaven, like it depends s- on which yeah. version of the Bible you want to yeah. believe. Too, sex, that, is t- you know, sex is temporary. Jesus mm-hmm. was secretly married to yeah. Mary. Yeah. No, I mean, but, but sex is temporary. Yeah. But our soul is eternal. Right. And like sex, while it is a great thing, like you're going to be- spend eternity based on who holds your soul, mm. not who holds wow. your sexuality. Yeah. That's right. I don't have the exact statistic. Maybe you guys can help me out with this. I know I know what it is, but I can't say it exactly. So if you're listening to this, this isn't concrete, okay? People who the suicide rate of people who convert, so to speak, from male to female mm-hmm. because they feel like they're a female, they want to, you know, is actually higher than that of heterosexual beings. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know the exact number, but I know I have read that at some point because it just depresses them even more. Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot of things come from that. Sure. I think that's not feeling accepted is the main one. Yeah. That's, that should be an alarming issue for us. Yeah. I mean, that should, that should be a telltale sign too, that you weren't wired that way. So what's really going on in your life that's causing you to feel that you way. to feel that way? There again, it goes back to the beginning. God created you male and female. That's how He wired our brains. That's how He wired us to be. And then when we go against that grain, I mean, we 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 settle into depression and, and doubt and anxiety. Those things creep in. Um, that's, I mean, that's just the nature of that that reality. Hmm. I did read something from. Psychology Today, 70% of all kids who struggle with their gender, they work it out before they come become an adult. So I'm not saying, like, it'll work itself out, parents. But if you're a parent and listen to this and your your child is struggling with this, um, just keep pushing. Yeah. Just keep showing them truth and showing them love. Well, and that's, that's another thing. Kind of end on this a little bit. If you are a parent, mm-hmm. grandparent, and, and you are listening, again, this is easier said than done. Right. Don't be embarrassed mm-hmm. by your child's decision. Right. Seek out the, the pastors in your life. Mm-hmm. That you can trust. That There's you can trust. That, that people can't. That seek out those church members that will walk with you to say, hey, this is going to be hard to for me to say this, but I need that encouragement. I, I need this help yeah. because I don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm. Don't be ashamed. Embarrassed. Embarrassed was a bad word. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Because your child is still trying to learn how to walk and grow in the person of Jesus Christ and they're going to look to you to model that yeah mm-hmm. oh man yeah 
Yeah. You think about how many parents just flip a switch because of that yeah. choice. And <laughs> that is not Jesus. No. That's far from him. Yeah. And, and again, I, I say that it would be, it's easier for, right. it's We're easier not in those said yes. than We're done. Not there yet. But I just, it's a good way to end it. My heart yeah. breaks for parents that feel like they're they're handcuffed and they they have no nowhere to go nowhere to turn yeah but yet they're active members of their church yeah wow so that just says to us yeah like we have to be willing to have those conversations yeah we have to be willing to have those conversations of a student is curious so where should they figure that out mm. not out there yeah. but here like if they're struggling and they, they have questions and curiosities and they've dabbled in this or, or seen this online, like this should be a trusted place, a safe space. Right. Because it goes back to what Dustin says. If we don't show them, if we don't try to help them, somebody else who probably doesn't really care will. Yeah. I mean, and two, all the isms, trans, trans, transgenderism, and just all those things. I mean, you got to realize it's not just a simple battle for male and female. I mean, it's it's a battle for what's true and real. Mm. Um, and that's I think that's where we need to kind of to help our parents see is like you know you're you're in a battle, and it's not just for to determine what their sexual identity is, but it's a battle for what what Scripture says, what's true and real. That's good. Shoot, did you turn the heat up in here, man? It's a little hot. <laughs> no, no. This is a good We're, talk. Yeah. Good good conversation, good talk. We we could we could probably mm-hmm. keep going with this. Yeah. I do want to close with this. If you are if you are listening, if you if you have questions, mm-hmm. if there's something that we didn't address or we didn't answer, feel free to contact us. Our 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 emails associated with you can find it on Facebook, Instagram. Don't we have a caffeinated living email? What is it? It's caffeinated living podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If if you are someone who's listening, you're you're outside of our hmm. personal circles. Circles. Man, feel feel free to, to, to reach out because we love Jesus. We love students. We want to walk with you through this. Mm-hmm. And we're not perfect. Nope. No, we don't not, have not by all any the means. answers. Not by any so means. If, if we didn't speak in truth and grace, forgive us. But um, I think at the end of the day, we just want to glorify Jesus. Because yeah. that's what we're called to do. That's, that's the reason we're doing this. So that's the reason that we're still pastors. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's days that I just want to say, Let's go work at Walmart. That'd be so much easier. Yeah, oh, you're not kidding. No, no, that would not be easy. It would be easier. That would actually be, that would be more aggravating. Actually. Hey, welcome to Walmart. Sounds pretty good. To that me. sounds great sometimes. <laughs> but I love my job. I do too. I love you guys. I appreciate y'all having this good discussion today. Yeah, hmm. good conversation. Yeah. But we just wanted to say, you're not alone in that. So we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back with a lighthearted little bracket challenge real quick. So we'll be right back. All right. This portion of our 
bracket. These guys have no idea, which Kyle didn't tell us what we had planned until he announced it to us last week. That's true. So. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right. This week, carnival food. Mm, carnival food. So we've done ballpark food. We've done ballpark but food. But are they different? I think so. Okay. I, think, I feel like one's more greasy than the other. Oh, that's very true. Everything I mean, is fried at yeah, a carnival. Yeah. When I mean carnival food, I'm talking about like, you know, like. Deep fried get, Oreos. Yeah. Pickles. Things like that. Like, like deep fried fair pickles, food, too. Fair yeah. food, oh, okay. carnival food. I'm down. Deep so, fried Toberfest food. Yeah, I'm yes. down for this. Th- things like that. So I got, we've got eight, so it's four, bra- four brackets. Okay. I mean, you could have easily probably kept on going, coming up with tons of random food items, but these are the top ones, the, the best top one. ones probably. Oh, well, I don't know. Y'all might, y'all might have thought of other ones, but here we go. Okay. First one, French fries versus fried versus fried potato chips. Oh, like uh, homemade chips. Yes. Oh, man. oh, easily homemade chips, especially if you've got ranch. Because if you're talking about, if you're, I feel like I am trying to be like an expert about this. But if you're talking about like homemade fries versus homemade chips, no doubt, homemade chips. Even if I go to a restaurant, that's what I'm choosing over fries. So, okay. But then so, you stick a side of cheese with them chips. Hold another level. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle's just like I'm here. Like, I, know, I feel like I'm in a. It's because I haven't eaten long. today, like, and I haven't had fried <laughs> stuff. So let's. Go there. So this is really going to annoy you. Like it's really going. You're going to be like, oh, I'm my mouth was a water right now. <laughs> so okay, Kyle's going with Damn. fried potato chips. Is it just plain French fries? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no. it's just. I was say it's like chili cheese or something. Oh, good gracious! I can handle that. I'd have to go with potato chips too. Okay. Let me let me let me throw something in your head okay, though. Go ahead. Chili cheese chips. Mm. So which one? Take away the chili cheese now. <laughs> Probably the chips. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I go with that. <clears throat> All right. So we're going with chips because that's what I would easily go with. Yeah, like especially that homemade ranch. You got a point. Homemade ranch. <laughs> yeah. Dustin told me this thing a long time ago that his church only has homemade ranch, and I'm like, Dustin, that's super weird. But now I get it. I tell you, because homemade ranch. Towards that, it is. It brings it to a whole new level. Homemade ranch and seafood restaurants have the best ranch. I don't know why. Seafood, seafood restaurants. restaurants have the best ranch. It's because it's homemade. <laughs> it might, it might be. Probably because I don't, I don't eat seafood. So, so yeah. Okay. Cotton candy or snow cones? Whatever goes against cotton candy is my winner. So <laughs> it happens to be snow cones. I'm going snow cones. I'll even tell you my favorite snow cone flavor: Tiger's Blood. Always. Hey, mine too. Really? Yes. Dude, All that's right. cool. Fist bump Fist on that. There we go. Oh, Tiger's Shout Blood. Thanks. All right. All right, Dustin. This is like, I don't care. <laughs> well, I can't have every t- If it goes somewhere with cotton candy, I can't have it because it freaks my wife out. What? I don't Wait, know why. She hates on. cotton candy. Wait, why? <laughs> it's like you and glitter? I, yes, I hate glitter. Everybody needs to know that. Please do not send me glitter to my house. Oh, yeah. But, um, no, she just, it's cotton candy freaks her out. I don't know if it's texture or the way, it, I don't know. So I can't have cotton candy. So we either get, we always get snow cones. Think about what cotton candy starts out of. Sugar. What, yeah, but what Sugar. does it look like? Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's true. Here's that for me. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I have to say cones too. All right, I need to grill Stephanie on why she doesn't like cotton candy. Please do. Why she's so afraid of it. Send right. her a message. Wait, what ask. did you vote for, I'm, Rob? Snow cones easily. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of cotton candy. We're all on the same page. I love pellets. My, my yeah. daughter, on the other hand, 
That would be like a huge debate for her. She she couldn't. I don't know which one she would pick. Uh, she'd go snow cone. She'd go cotton candy. Speaking of pelicans, you can which have both of those put together. Pelicans. Oh yeah, you can get cotton, cotton, cotton candy. Cotton candy. Right. But speaking of pelicans, you if I if you don't know what that is, it's like a ice ball place. If I ever, I want to open one of these, and I want it to put it in like a log cabin looking place, and I want to put American flag on top of it and call it Freedom Balls, and that's what I want my ice ball place to look like. I think that's what those are called, is ice balls. I didn't think Pelican's not all over the place. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, on moving on. Freedom Balls coming to a city near you. <laughs> Be ready. All right. Kettle corn. Oh, corn man. dogs. Oh, oh that a, one's a tough one. I was uh, going to say anything against kettle corn. No. Mm. Kettle corn all the way, <laughs> especially if you go to Dollywood. Man, they have some of the best kettle oh, corn. Oh man, this is actually earth. all right. I love kettle corn, uh-uh. but if you're talking about a homemade, hand-dipped corn, corn dog, dog, man, I know on a it's big old tough. skewer, dipping it in some mustard. It's tough. I'm going corn dog, just to be different. But I do love kettle corn, and yeah, corn dog I for think sure. Our friendships that do either. Because think about it: when you get a corn dog at a fair or a carnival. It's not just like a normal corn dog. True. They're like foot long corn dogs. Mm. You just look weird corn. eating a corn dog, but yeah. I'm still going with kettle corn, sorry. All right. You I, can do I still love you. Right. I appreciate it. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with kettle corn on this Come one. on, yes. man. I've scored. I've never been wrong since we started this, and now you guys are. Like, no, I mean, because the big old tubs that they cook at <sighs> yeah. kettle corn in, man, and it starts popping. Yeah. Like, see, There's corn dogs, magical to I it. love the taste of corn dogs, but they don't smell like kettle corn. Yeah. It, it doesn't take up the whole park or the That's true. The, the whole arena type thing, you know? That's like, true. I mean, they should make some shampoo that smells like that. <laughs> or cologne. Yeah. <laughs> Walk around. I'm talking about. You smell good, mind. sir. Or deodorant. Kettle yeah. corn deodorant. All right, last one. Right. Funnel cakes or deep fried Oreos? I didn't have a deep fried Oreo until about two years ago, and then it changed my life. Um, <laughs> man, I don't know. Did you have heavenly music when you ate it? Yeah. Mm. And I've oh. never been able to make it at home. I've tried, but I can't. See, a funnel cake can either be amazing or really bad. Like, you can get a really greasy funnel cake that just is terrible. Okay, I'll give you that one. So, fried Oreo. Okay. My wife's probably going to disown me. I have had a corn dog <laughs> dipped in funnel cake batter into a corn dog. Oh yeah. That's interesting. It was awesome. It's okay. like a heart attack. Fairs, man. They're the greatest <laughs> place in the world. They are. Um, my wife's going to kill me because oh. she's a funnel cake f- fanatic. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with the deep fried Oreo. Oh. I love the deep fried Oreo. Right. I guess it's moving on. Mine's has to have powdered sugar for both of them, right? Yeah. Mine's funnel cake. I like the... I like the Cherries and stuff to put on too, so mixed with the mm. yeah. So you were gonna say funnel cake, Rob? Yes. Yeah. Are you a purist or do you put toppings on it? Just powdered sugar. You're a purist. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. Just powdered sugar. I gotta have all the stuff on it. Now you noticed on this list, there's no like deep fried pickles. There's no like bloomin' onion. I don't think of a. Oh yeah, man. But I don't think of a bloomin' onion as going to like a fair. Well, now that you mention it, you know another thing that comes to my mind? One of them big old turkey legs. Yep. See, I could have easily put that on That's there. carnival food I didn't. to me. So, all right, moving on. Here we go. Kettle corn 
or fried potato chips. Now this is harder than corn dogs for me. Yeah, because one's one one sweet and one salty. So. See, kettle corn, you get the best of that. That's true. Mm. I'm gonna have to go kettle corn all the way. You're gonna make me pick first. Yeah, why not? You're not gonna like my pick because I'm gonna send one through kettle corn. I like fry. I like a homemade chip, but kettle corn is just. It's different and it's good, and you can't stop eating it. That's, that's what I was going with. Okay. It's like the Pringles. E even though yeah, that one is actually up. that one's a harder matchup than the the previous round. Yeah, exactly. Like a kettle corn and a deep fried potato chip, but sometimes those deep fried chips, if you don't get them, too when soggy or too crunchy. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Tooth out or all right. Now this one I don't think is going to require much of a uh, conversation, but I could be wrong. Snow cones versus deep fried Oreo. Oh, Y'all are thinking really hard about yeah. this. Mm. Okay. Because think about it, most of the time, this is why it's hard, because most of the time you go to a carnival or fair, it's not cold. It's blazing hot outside. Or if you like, even Oktoberfest in October is so hot. And sometimes well, the it thing can that's be cold sometimes. Sometimes uh, the thing that satisfies more than anything is just that cold snow cone. With that, I'm still saying fried Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> As Kyle passes out of the heat. Mm. No, another one you forgot, but I would have still put all yours above this one. That frozen lemonade. Yes. Those are good. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, you think about fair food, man, it, you could have gone on with it. Yeah. Like, it could have. Chicken on a stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love chicken Wait, on a stick. Maybe we need to have fair food ground you too. You can probably deep fried shoe and it'd be good at the carnival. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Weirdest fried thing I've seen at the North Carolina State Fair: fried Kool Aid. There you Interesting. go. Sorry, right, I haven't tried that. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to land on the snow cone because the deep fried and the heat just kind of ruined it for me. So I'm gonna land with the snow cone. Really? Well, yeah. What is your go-to snow cone flavor? I or like, you switch it up every time. Well, I like the. They have the Pelicans has a strawberry lemonade. That's Ooh. my favorite. Refreshing. Yeah. Or, or raspberry. Those are the two I lean with. Raspberry. That's good. Oh yeah. So, all right. So you said deep yeah, fried Oreo, you, right? You're t you're breaking the tie. I'm gonna go with the deep fried Oreo. Boom, baby. I'm out. Just just for simple pleasure. I can go to the Pelicans anytime. Well, exactly. that's that's true. I'll give like, you that. Like you you can get the snow cones like anytime like the deep fried oreo is something only that you really think about like a fair or like carnival type thing mm. so all right kettle corn versus deep fried oreo for the championship for the championship already, man um that's man. such an odd combination you yeah. have to go first this time Rob. yeah we've been first several times oh this is a no-brainer for me no brainer no brainer i think i know where you're hitting yeah kettle, kettle corn all kettle the way corn, man way. see but popcorn Kettle corn, that's like my go-to snack. You can't get it just anywhere, though. So. Not, well, kettle corn, but just like oh, popcorn yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. Like, and see, that's no one left off. The grilled corn on the cob. Mm. Oh, yeah, like street corn. Yeah, like I left that one off. I mean, there's some, yeah. So, all right, I got kettle corn. They're, they're thinking really hard here if you are still listening with us. Um, this is so weird because I didn't vote for this in the first round. <laughs> corn dog would have probably been my winner, but... Kettle corn, man. Okay. It's highly addictive, and once you smell it, you buy it. I mean, fried Oreos are great, but 
you only get two for a reason because I feel like you can move on to something else. And you can't take the deep fried Oreos with you. Yeah, and that powdered sugar is a problem. All right. So Dustin, you you, you go you going with the everybody has this, there's no the, drum roll here, but the uh, perfect score. Add that the in. The winner is <laughs> kettle corn for me all the way. Wow, I really didn't think that was gonna happen. No, that's my and I'm sure that. people are shouting at us right now. You probably are. I I would have thought funnel cake would have made it to the championship at least, but man, y'all y'all like squashed that dream. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is a this was a fun one. Like. Fair food and carnival food. Deep fried Oreos would have been like the Cinderella pick in like the Sweet 16 tournament. Oh, I think kettle like, corn was. Really? Yeah, I think uh, it's the dark horse to come through. And if there's another fair food that we didn't discuss, we didn't have on the bracket, let us know. Yeah. G- give, it, give us some other ideas. Yeah, what's your favorite fair food? I mean, there's probably other items that we didn't even think about listing. But the official fair food of caffeinated living kettle corn kettle corn we said chick-fil-a was the official chicken establishment of caffeinated living now we've got fair food so does that mean we can have a meal next week where we can have our chick-fil-a lunch and we'll have some kettle corn in here too like how's we're talking maybe maybe next week's bracket won't deal with food because now i'm so hungry yeah so juice next week it's it's up to dustin for next week's bracket yeah dustin's got next week's bracket i'll come up with something don't worry yeah, it could be as random as juice if you want We've to. We've got it's some okay. fun ones and some some ideas, but if you've got an idea, let us know. Um, I know some of y'all are pretty creative, so send us your your brackets, even if it's a draft we've already even done. if it's a draft on flowers. Yeah, what? Because we've food? had that before. Remember? We've had a discussion on flowers. What's your favorite flower, Dustin? Putting you on spot. Hmm. I don't even remember what I said. I like the I, sun, I like the sunflower. Oh, that's, that's a good my one. wife's favorite. That's a good one. So. Again, if you think of any useful brackets that we could use, send us some... Useful. Useful. We just solved. If you're standing at a fair and you're trying to decide what you want, get kettle corn. There you go. Kettle corn. Thanks, guys, for joining with us this week. Uh, Again, we pray you enjoyed the episode. Pray that it was useful for you. And until next time... As always, keep it caffeinated.